Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined post-Christmas by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, I feel rested, I feel reinvigorated, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to do some great radio. Um, we've got a full slate of topics on tap, boys, but uh, I, I've got to tell you something, and i got to pimp just one thing here before we get going. Uh, I'm going to Israel for free in June with, uh, with an author named Cliff Graham. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Cliff. He writes um, these sort of gritty, violent, uh, Old Testament-like battle novels. Yeah, doesn't, and, he, doesn't uh, he sort of novelize Old Testament characters and and sort of fill in some of the blanks that the Bible doesn't tell us, that kind of stuff? So a lot of like David's David's uh, valiant men and those kinds of characters? Yeah, exactly, man. He's a super masculine dude. I think he used to be a Marine or something, and, uh, and, and um, he, he's friends with Zach Bartles. He's sort of Zach's friend that like – uh, like I'm secretly afraid that he's going to steal Zach from me. You know what I mean? That dynamic and friendships. Is he cooler? Kind of like is how, he cooler than you? I I don't know, man. Cause I've never hung with him in person, but I'm going to get to do so on this trip to Israel in June. So the deal is Cliff's got his own, uh, tour company. It's called good battle tours. If you look up goodbattletours.com, um, you can read about all these Israel trips that Cliff is leading in 2017 and it's really cool. They're really affordably priced, like super, super cheap, um, because Cliff basically has the the thing sponsored um, because he's using it as a like a promotional thing for his company and his books. So um, it's a great opportunity. And I think I think the the mindset behind it was to get younger people on tour groups because typically when you think of you know trips to Israel, tours to Israel, you think of like old kind of doddering blue hairs, you know, just kind of shuffling around with a camera and, and Care, that careful, sort of thing. careful. We still both work for Southern Baptists. Yeah, we do, man. We love that group, man. We love we them. Absolutely they're they're, love they're wonderful, people. delightful people, wonderful, delightful people, delightful older people. But, um, and you know, not that this, uh, not that this tour is going to be all like, uh, I don't know, studio 54 in the seventies or whatever, but it, it's just going to be <laughs> kind of a, kind of a younger crowd. And, uh, I have, I have to tell you, I have to admit, um, I kind of had little to no interest in Israel uh, before we started talking, you know, before he presented this thing to me. But uh, the more I look at it, the more I look at the tours, some of the places we're going to be staying, um, some of the people that are going to be involved. It looks amazing. And I'm really, really stoked about it. And uh, and yeah, I don't know if Cliff is cooler than me, man. We will. Time will tell, I think. And, um, you know, Cliff is definitely very masculine. He's like gun guy. I think he like, you know, hunts hu- human beings for fun. You know, he, he's that kind of guy. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes interpersonally. I'm looking forward to it. He seems like a really great guy, all kidding aside. Given, given the subject matter of his novels, I, I wonder if there's going to be any sort of like David and Goliath reenactment, um, like any like Rahab and the two spies like climbing out of windows by ropes. I mean, I just feel like if you're, if you're in the setting, you really need yeah. to get in character. That's, I, Dude, I hope we have all that, man. With I'm, photo I'm, evidence. Fact, I'll be disappointed if we don't like somebody sneaking into a cave and like cutting off a, a piece of my cloak, like while I poop, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we, exactly. we need to yes. have all those things yes. happening in, in Israel. So, uh, and I'm sure they will check out goodbattletours.com and, uh, drop, drop cliff or drop, uh, one of his assistants a note and, uh, and get involved in those tours, man. It's going to be amazing. Boys, 
Ronnie, I thought you were going to add something on Israel, man. We had all this like great vibe going off the air about it. Ronnie's interest I lost level the, is. I lost the vibe, man. I, I lost the vibe. I mean, you know, that's, I, that's why we got to hit. You lost the vibe. Baby, you're a radio professional now. We've been doing this for like a year together. We got sponsors. We're. Guys, it's been two for- It's been two weeks since we've recorded. I mean, I, I got to learn my. Ch- I mean, I got to gain my chops back. Ronnie, Steve, yeah, do we. Do we need to assign him down to the minors for a week or two for a little rehab? Oh, my God. I, I think I think really out of control. Well, two, two things. First, I think he's probably still suffering a hangover after his whatever four episode run with Altrogi on that that long lived mm-hmm. podcast. And then uh, and then after the many Christmas services they did at his mega church, uh, oh. I'm sure he's exhausted and just a little bit brain fried. So I think we should uh, I think we should give him a break. Baby, listen to me. Here's the deal. OK, we're going to send yeah, you down. down. For a couple of weeks to the Reformed Pubcast, okay? You're gonna you're gonna have a little rehab assignment. You can do two apps with with those guys. You don't have to have any vibe or sense wow. of humor. Yeah, wow. no vibe, no. So you kind of get your get your your podcasting legs back underneath you, and then we'll bring you back up to the big leagues, back up to the main. I mean, yeah, I mean, why? I mean, why not? Why not just take it a step further, boys? I mean, if that's how you're gonna ostracize me, why not? Why not throw me on some podcast with Joe Thorne? Why not send me to start blogging with Jared C. Wilson? I mean, what are we talking about? Dude, that's right? like independent ball, man. Well, that's like sending you down to like the like. You know the Sonoma Stompers. Well, there's know. there's a there's a new startup podcast I heard rumors of started by one Stephen Altrogi. Maybe uh, well, maybe he needs a co-host. That's breaking news. Do we have do we have a name on that yet? Do we have a name of the podcast? No, I heard from a source who knows a source though that I, I know kind of what the gist of it is, and I think we should maybe we should name it for him, and then just uh, we should just post the suggestions. I like that. So, I, thought, I thought it was going to be Trogs. I thought it was going to be Trogcast. Like, well, that, that was that was our suggestion, just so he doesn't have to start anything else. He can just do different things all under one banner. But uh, I love the Trogcast banner. You guys know I love that. That was I, I thought that was a great idea. I think I think that was a, a Ted original. I'm not sure. Um, no, the th- you know what? It's not about credit, man. It doesn't matter. Well, uh, I just I didn't want to be robbing anybody of their genius ideas. So apparently, he just wants to talk with various people, probably uh, a short list of reform dudes, um, uh-huh. about five things that make them happy. So just like a, a list of things, and then just what those things. I mean, so it could be like their favorite cigar or a band they like, or you okay. know, reading Calvin's Institutes or who knows what. Um, yeah, I doubt. Yeah, I, I, I think you just named everything that it's going to be. I right doubt there, Stephen has ever opinion. read Calvin's Institutes, but um, is he worried that it's going to be the same five things for every reform guy he talks to? Well, he should be because it wife, is going they're to all going to say some. Yeah, like, no, no, no. They will say my bride. Yes, my they, bride, my beautiful right. bride, they're, man. Yeah, and then like a I don't know a Cohiba cigar, and then mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Some, I mean, some obscure like uh, microbrew that I'm into right now. Unless uh, unless they're Baptist, then they won't. Uh, then they will not say that. They'll just sort of pause, yeah. skip over that one, and yeah. move on to pour overs or something along. And those my lines. favorite book of 2016 was Hillbilly Elegy. I mean, obviously that's going to be that's going to be just, on the short list. Hey, I just encapsulated every episode right there. <laughs> I just I gave Hillbilly Elegy Elegy <laughs> to my dad for Christmas. <laughs> of course you did, man. Everybody gave <laughs> of that. Of course you did. Everybody. Oh, gee, did you hear that? But I you hear the simultaneous. Of course you did. That yes. Was well, we're so okay. We're back. We're back. You know what? You know what, Ronnie? You know what, Ronnie? Thirty-five seconds before we started this thing, I saw a photo that one Ronald J. Martin posted on Facebook of his 2017 reads coming up, which, by the way, is just as bad as a top ten book list you did read. And That's Hillbilly so Elegy was was one that. of the foundational titles in that in that list. I also saw a Tim Keller I mean, book. So it was I mean, a title. I don't know if it was foundational. There was like 
12 bucks. Well, you stack, you stack them in size order and it's a fairly good size hardcover. So it was near the bottom. Um, who plans their reading like that? Pipe, do you do that? I don't do that. I, I set very general reading goals. Like I would like to read about this many books this year. And I just sort of grab stuff off the shelf that looks interesting as I go. Guys, yeah. I've never listen. This is what's funny. So I've never done that in my life because I'm not like Mr. Planny. So yeah. that's 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 why I'm weird in the whole reform community, right? But like, but a few days ago, I I looked at Big M and I said, hey, I go, what if we ended up reading like the same books this year so that we could like sort of you know keep our conversation flowing? We could actually talk about some of the books that we're reading. And she said, why, Ronald Martin? That's a grand idea. So I picked like ten random books and I said, let's read these. And that then, was it. The and then you, and then you posted something about your bride online just to get in the spirit. I would never use the word bride ever, ever, ever in the history of my life. But listen, here's something funny about Trogues. I think I told you guys this uh, via text, via yeah. pre-show prep. So Trogues, two days ago, get this, man. This dude is driving down uh, 71 North towards Cleveland. And right. right as he gets up to the big Ashland sign, that's the Ashland off-ramp, he takes yeah. a picture of it and he sends it to me. And he's like, what's up? I'm here. And dude, I'm, get out of here. And, and listen, he doesn't stop. No, no, no. So he says, like, I'm here. We're, like, heading to, like, Pennsylvania. I'm like, well, dude, how about a little notice? But I go, yeah, just pull off, man. We're, like, we're like 10 minutes away. And yeah. he just kept driving. He goes, no, 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 not going to happen, man. I'm just letting you know. I'm all, Trogues, that's insane. You're driving up from Florida. You're just passing literally five minutes away from my house, and you're not stopping by. And he goes, nope, it'll have to be another time. I'm all, dude, this is so weird, man. So weird. So, yeah, there's the – I mean, you guys – want to talk about what the mystery of 2017 is that's the mystery right there well Trogues passing by ashtown not stopping in artists are fickle Maybe people that, I don't is he an artist I, I don't know i'm i'm trying here i'm trying <laughs> now big r you were you you got a little thin in our in our pre-show production meeting about the fact that pipe and i are going to be spending some time together again here in a week or so uh, I'm just trying to understand what's going on. So explain it to our audience, would you be? I know. Kidding? I'm just trying be, to understand what's going on. He's going to be road tripping down to uh, to Jackson, Tennessee, Union University, to drop in on my J term podcasting class. Wow. And, um, you know, th- this was. It's just one of these things, Big R, that seems like a natural fit. Man, P- uh, Pipe is a. You know, he's the heart and soul of this podcast. He's only a couple hours away. It seemed like a natural fit, baby. But you got a little thin about it, and I want you to know, man. Listen. The door is always open, okay? I will fix up the guest room for you anytime, okay? And you can, anytime yeah, you want to, and you can be sure if I'm ever driving up 71 North to Cleveland, God forbid, that uh, yeah. I will make sure to pull off at the Ashland exit so that I can see you face-to-face. I will not do a text and drive-by. That's dirty. I, I, would, I would never think that you would just drive by. I would never think that of you. Just Here's so the funny you know. thing about that trogue situation, though, Big R, and, and I know this from many, many years of experience. I went to grad school in Ashland. Ashland is not a hard place to, like, you, you could just, like, hop off the freeway and you're there. Like, it, it, right, it's right. a small That's all it is. It's not like 20 not, minutes off the freeway off. down some two-lane no, state road no, or something. No, no, no. There, there's no complexities. It was like trogues. Here's a plan. Get off the road. Be at my house in five minutes. I'll make you a cup of youthberry. 20 minutes later, you and the missus are back down the road. Not a problem. Not just an a issue. Just meet and greet, baby. Just a I mean, I could probably find some gift or something to, like, pre-wrap before he got there to hand him and say, no, nah, man, I kind of thought you might be coming. You know, like, here's a present. Like, I, I mean, could have sent him away with a tray full of, you know, Christmas cookies. It would have been great. You a, know what I mean? A like, vinyl a record of, of some no variety. 
an, an I old... might have printed up a final record of our greatest hits since he left the podcast. I, I might have done all of that. <laughs> Here, let me know? rub this I mean, in your face. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. All the success we've had right since you left, and I sort of took the program to the next level and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff would have been discussed. But uh, yeah, he just decided to uh, he decided to leave me. So I think Big T, what's going on here is after that. And then you telling me that you and Pipe are going to have nine or ten more live in-house broadcasts over the next like three or four days. I'm just starting to feel like, is there a place for Big R anymore in this whole in this whole system? Is there a Maybe place for me? For you. That's a lot to process. That's a you 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 got a lot going on there emotionally. And, there is. Uh, There's a lot there. I want you to know there is some awkwardness, but we're we're here for you if you want to talk about it. If you need to um, heal, let the healing begin. And um, you know, we, we've got to be one, you guys. We're three different people, but we've <laughs> got to be one for this, this program so that we can continue uh, bringing great radio to people in 2017. Because this that's is a model. This is three in one. This, this program's a model of the gospel. I think it is. And, 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 you know, in the early days when we, when we each wrote our white papers and our vision for what the program would be, I mean, we were all in agreement about that. So, Do you uh, still have your prospectus, Piper? For, for when we all connected and, and got together and cast our vision for oh, uh, happy yeah. no I, I haven't said uh, I have it saved and then backed up in multiple locations because that seems like a seminal document for uh, for history's sake when people look back at uh, at the at the rise of this empire they need to know where it all began and that's you know that's the kind of thing that Guys, goes I'm under gonna, glass someday I'm gonna take it a little further I'm gonna say that in about a month our listeners should expect us to actually read a little bit of each of our prospectuses on air for what our vision was for this program. It was actually my doctoral thesis at Southern (laughs) Seminary, so I can just, I can call Al Mohler and get it from the library. Do you think Al would would be willing to come on and actually read it for you? Because didn't he like name it one of his top theses he's ever read? Did you mention something about that? Yeah. And his, in his book of favorite, uh, favorite doctoral theses from 2016 and his, in his, uh, podcast, he, uh, he mentioned it. Yeah. He made the top 50. That's right. So briefings. I, I, speaking of speaking of seminaries, and then back to the whole visiting teaching thing. Do I get to call myself a guest instructor from here on out? Like, am I a, am I am I a guest in, a guest college instructor, a guest professor? How does this work if one I, if one visits a, a J term podcasting class? How far can you take that? Yeah, Big T. Piper needs a title. He wants a title right now for twenty. I'm not adjunct because that's a more like that's a longer term thing, like a semester or something. But guest instructor, what what is this? I'm going to do you one better. You're going to like this word, guest lecturer. Ooh, wow, yeah, that's big. That's yeah. big. I'll I'll, I'll take it, and it's uh, it will go in my bio on various places where I need bios immediately. Why even work for Lifeway anymore after that, man? I, I know. Why a lot, lot of money in guest lecturing. Yeah, Why even show up on, on Tuesday? Why yeah. even show up? You know, yeah. boys. Speaking of uh, of 2016, there's been a there's been a lot of talk lately. Uh, again, I'm not on social media, so I get this talk kind of second and third hand. But there's there's been a lot of chatter about just generally 2016 sucking. Like as 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 years go, as years in history go, um, everybody's convinced that 2016 has sucked. And uh, I want to know two things. Uh, one, why, why do people think this? And number two, like, do you agree? Uh, big R you, you brought this to our attention, man. Talk about 2016. Talk about why it sucked. If you think it did. Yeah. So it was really, it was interesting. And it's like, I've known this the whole time, but then when, when Carrie Fisher, AKA princess Leia died, you know, on Christmas and then her mom passed, I think a day later, 
Um, just, literally, and, and it was for like, those who don't know, her mom was in Singing in the Rain and was a Debbie Reynolds. Actress, she's yeah. huge. Yeah, absolutely. Major, these are friends, major like star. people you know. Absolutely, yeah. Friends, friends of mine, and uh, yeah, just everybody on social media. Most of the people on social media that I'm friends with. So all you get is you just get inundated with all of this, like what I like to call like seriously 2016. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe what you've done to me again, 2016. It's like talking to 2016 like it's a person <laughs> that's inflicting yeah. all of this drama and despair on them. And um, and I'm thinking like, well, man, there, there's you know there's there's been some significant issues that have happened even in our nation, if not around the world in 2016. But really what everybody gets uptight about and gets angry at 2016 about is that we've had some pop stars like die, you know. And um, I mean, again, it's not any disrespect to them or saying they don't have any cultural influence. But I mean, Princess Leia Carrie Fisher, I mean, I mean, great. Right. But I mean, she was like an actress in a space movie from the 70s. I mean, and it's like we're acting like our world is crumbling because one of our pop icons is, you know, is 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 has passed, you know. And it's like so it's funny that like you just like the like just the shocked like sort of almost outrage of it where everybody posts the same thing. And it's always like, come on, 2016. <laughs> but it's all, yeah, it's all focused at the just year. really mean guy. Right, know? right. 2016's a guy. It's a person now. 2016's not a year anymore, boys. It's a person. So it's a me, living, breathing. Let me, let me see if I can come up with an analogy that's why people react like this to things that, you know, compared to, say, the direction our nation is going politically or – the travesty that is Aleppo and these different things, you know, people freak out over uh, a celebrity death, which, like you said, it it is sad, but it's not the worst thing that happened this year. It seems to me like one of those – it's like the instance of if you've had an awful day at work and, like, you found out that one of your coworkers got fired and you're not getting the raise you expected <clears throat> and your boss is a tool and then you get rear-ended on the way home and you get home and, like, your child spills milk on the table – and you just blow your stack at the child because it's the one situation you can you actually feel like maybe you should be able to speak into because it's it's sort of small enough to get your head around or whatever. And that's what it feels like. It feels like a temper tantrum about a little thing because everything else is too big to handle. You know, you can't you can't freak out about genocide on Twitter. Like it, right. the, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's 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 disproportionate. But Twitter everybody's seems, against that, right? And but Twitter seems like the right place to freak out about um, Prince's passing or Carrie Fisher's passing or I mean, goodness sake, Arnold Palmer's passing or I don't know. The list is forty people long. And I think that's the other thing is that 2016 has had, from my recollection, an unusual number of famous people who who we were fond of. Uh, who have passed away. So it seems like this particular random subset of 365 days has carried more uh, famous people's loss. But, but the, but the reaction is always to the trite thing, not to the big thing. Dude, it's been a tough year for pop star, like pop icons. I mean, we, I mean, there's no doubt we've lost some, you know, when you talk about Bowie and Prince, I mean, like we've lost some, like, like some major, major people like on that, on that, you know, side of the coin, you know, there's no doubt about that, but it's so funny that, um, it, it's so funny. The, I'm more talking about like the way people sort of direct their shock and their rage. You know? All right, and it's just, let, let me ask you this, man. So if 2016 was a guy who would play that guy in a movie, all wow. right, so who would play, so we're casting who would play guy. 2016? Yeah. Who would play 2016? Oh man. gosh, man. That's a, that's a great, 
I know you yeah, just really caught me off guard, Big T. That's big, man. Yeah, somebody kind, of, somebody kind of villainy, somebody kind of slimy. Who plays 26 yeah. in a movie? Yeah, I mean, I would say like, you know, I would say maybe like Snape from Harry Potter. I, you know, I don't know. Is that the guy that died though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it can't be sort of villainy. Like it has to be somebody who, who, who has this, I mean, at least according to the way people react, like the most devious calculating uh, villain who constantly takes away your la- like your next your next step of of hopefulness because I feel like that's right. the way people respond. It's like oh, we were just trying to make it to the end, and then one more thing happens. And I'm trying to think who that would be. You know, just sort yeah. of the perfect the perfect villain character. Okay, while you're thinking though, Piper, I mean, so check this out. Not to be crass, obviously, because it's not like we're saying these deaths don't matter. But I'm right. simply saying, like, what if these death? Like, okay, so what if what if Carrie and Debbie, like, can you imagine the outrage if that would have happened on January 1st, 2017? Oh. I mean, can you imagine the way people would have thought the year was breaking and starting, mm. you know? What's going to sure. happen? It's like January 2017 is not going to be smooth sailing for everybody. I don't know why people think the new year is a new anything. It's you turned a page in a calendar. It's just another day when people are like terrible things are still going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a reset. People look at it like a reset. There's well, no doubt. And I and yeah. I get that from like a self-imposed, I'm gonna use this time to reconsider my own life and make changes and whatever, but time just keeps on ticking. And I don't think it people does. should be terribly hopeful about twenty seventeen being better than twenty sixteen <laughs> because our president elect is still our president elect. And all of the travesties across the globe are still going on and celebrities are still aging and abusing substances. So good luck, everybody. Gosh, man, I feel like we're on Reform Pub. I feel like you guys put me down to Reform Pubcast, but you guys came with me right now. This is Dude, we all took a little trip to the mine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. The- <laughs> you, okay. Well, no, this is not Reform Pubcast because nobody said God is sovereign over all of this. <laughs> we skipped but that But you know, part. guys, God is sovereign over all of this. There we go. We did it. All right, boys. One. One more question, okay? And, and I'm now on this theme of, like, if we were all in minor league baseball together, okay? <laughs> yes. So let's say I like that, T. I like that. See, I like, we, I like some sports stuff. I love that you're going minor Ronnie's league. Ronnie's just, he's just picturing Bull Durham in his mind. I'm bringing, I'm bringing music into it, okay? So let's say we all get sent down to the Durham Bulls for a little bit of a rehab assignment. What's the music that plays when you walk up to the plate? Oh, uh, dude. Big R, you're the music guy. You go first, all right? So what's your walk-up song in minor league baseball – Taking into account the the minor league ethos and like all that stuff, man. Dude, I don't know, man. You just put me on the spot, man. And I um, just personally, like I'm just part of the team, and I want to look awesome and epic as I walk up, like yeah. clicking my like cleats with my bat to get all the dirt that's not really there to fall out yeah. the bottom and all that yeah. stuff. Okay, um, gosh, man, I don't I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm stuck on this Star Wars stuff right now because I saw Rogue One, so I I, I can't think of anything but like. If I'm going to be epic, man, I'm just going to have him play the dun 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 dun. The dun, Imperial dun, March there. is what you're going for. Yeah, man, because I'm yep. just going to destroy that ball. That ball is like the Death Star, and I'm going to get it out of the park, and it's just going to, yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe I like that as a walk-up song. I do. Pipe, what's your what's your walk-up music? Uh, I think for pure irony's sake, I would go with uh, Right Said Fred's "I'm Too Sexy." <laughs> <laughs> Because I love it. Be, I mean, just because, and and it and it fits perfectly in a minor league ballpark where everything is is kitschy and loud and over the top and designed to kind of make people laugh and whatever. So I I think I would go for that. If you can pull that off, because you're like skinny and tall and all, so you, dude, yeah, you could swing that, man. That's you for sure. I, yeah, I think I think that one. Uh, 
And then I'm trying to think. There was I had another song in mind along the same lines. It used to be an, a wrestler's entrance song, and I don't know the name of it. But the first lines are, "I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy," and that's a Ooh. that's a pretty solid one too. For just again that pure ironic minor league. Um, now, are you going Piper? Are you going like stirrups or baggy pants? Um, <clears throat> not stirrups, just high socks. So okay. oh, I'm uh, going stirrups, man. I'm, I'm baby, going big stirrups. You and me are going stirrups, man. Hundred percent, man. I, I used to. They're going to be skin tight. I wore dude. legit, like <laughs> legit baseball stirrups up up into high school playing, and then and then just switched to the high socks. But yeah, I think I would just go high socks, not stirrups. Although I I do appreciate a good pair of baseball stirrups for sure. Yeah, I mean, me and Big T, I, they're going to be skin tight. Nineteen eighty three L A Dodgers stirrups. Yeah, man. that's what we're going. I mean, no doubt, man. They're going to be like painted on. But you know, here's the other thing. So you know what song that I always think would be awesome. Like if you're like going to be at a speaking event or if you're a band, like what I noticed when I saw all the previews for Rogue One is number one, all the movies that coming out in 2017 are the same movie. But yeah. besides that, they all have this, they all have this like trailer soundtrack that does this right all the way through. It literally just starts with no music. And then as they build up, it does this thing the whole time. Kong, Kong. And like, that's what it does. Like literally the whole, whole time. Just sounds thought, like a foghorn. That's the song. Yeah, like a foghorn, but like a foghorn with like eight pounds of reverb on it. And I just thought, dude, that's the song I like. I'm going to literally I'm going to have my boy play that song when I walk up to the pulpit this Sunday. That's what I'm going to do. That's what's happening this Sunday. Yeah, dude. also teen movies. They all have Chris Pratt in them. Oh, dude. Why? How did Chris Chris Pratt become? Literally well, he, the number one A-list celebrity in dude, Hollywood. The How did that happen? Well, every, the there's, there's one of these guys every year. Like a year or two ago, it was Tom Hardy. Like there's just they, – uh, they, they uh. get like a bit part in something and then they get a lead part and then they get 22 lead parts. But it all happens in like 14 well, months. No, no, right. Yeah, Pratt got lucky with, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy. And after that, he's just been like, hey, we need a lead. We'll call him Chris. Was he, he was in Jurassic like, World and then he's in uh, the Passengers and – Dude, you would have never thought that when you watch Parks and Rec that this guy was going to be the next like guy. Pleasant looking, yeah. like he's he's yeah he's, he's he transformed oh. himself from a chubby dude into a jack dude. Like he's but he's yeah. kind of an everyman. He's kind of yeah. still an everyman, yep. so he's relatable. You don't think he's too good? Yeah, he's not like yeah. a George Clooney who you're like, oh, I could never right. aspire to be that. Yeah, I'll never exactly. that. I, I mean, I never think that. I always think I can be that. But you know what I mean? Like for the normal man, it's like I can't be that. Right. So Ted, what would really, Ted? You what would you your could song be? George be? Clooney. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, that was a joke. No, baby, listen. I, I bet wanna, his bride thinks so. Out a little bit. I want to. I want to get. What to do know you mean? So, you think if things had broken a little bit differently, like if 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 you'd maybe taken some acting classes there in L.A. instead of like you know poking around in your on, on your moog in your in your bedroom, you could have been George Clooney. Dude, no, of course I don't think that. That's insane. Maybe literally. Learn. I don't know. It, it kind of. Here's. The I've thing. never thought that. I'm not an actor. I've never thought that. My reaction to that, like, it kind of filled me with hope a little bit. Like, you had Like, wait a minute. Hold on. So, you're, hold on. Are you saying that maybe you thought that I could have maybe been somebody like that? That's kind of what I'm saying. Is that something that you're dealing with right now? This is kind of your own thing you're dealing with right now, then. It's my own thing. It's not my thing. I I want you to still have dreams because I want to still have dreams. You know what I mean? So, hold on. So, if I tell you right now that there's a chance that I thought that maybe – if I wouldn't have gone on to all this major success in music and like pastoring and speaking Huge. and book writing and yeah. podcasting, like maybe that's where I could have found my success as an A-list celebrity actor. That's, that's what you're exactly saying. what I'm saying. Gosh, I never thought about it like that. But now your dream about what you thought my dream could have and maybe should have and might have been, that gives me hope that whatever dream I have might translate. And then now I will give you back your dream. 
Maybe see we're Ted, helping each other. And Ted's dream is to be Frank Wycheck. <laughs> I don't even know, know who that is. No. I don't know who that is. That's oh, funny. I, I, funny. I suspect that Ted knows who Frank Wycheck is. Of course I know who Frank Wycheck is, madam. <laughs> I know who Frank Turk is. Oh, so I don't know if anybody wants to be him. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, let's avoid that. Uh, Frank Wycheck, yeah, Ronnie, was a uh, a tight end and H-back for the Houston Oilers and I think then the Tennessee Titans for like yeah. 20 years. So just a yeah. like the the epitome of hard nosed grinder white football player, like Dude, a career guy. Inspired a to total be Frank career. Wycheck, man. That's a total right. compliment. I will take yeah. that. Nice man. I love Boys, it. we have we have wandered way off topic here, man. I've got a I've got a, a notebook full of show notes, and we haven't we haven't hardly touched on any of them. But uh, I want to touch on one thing at least before we uh, before we do the sponsors and wrap. Um, there was a tweet. It went out before Christmas. I remember. You guys kind of sharing this around with me and with each other. Um, this guy, this, uh, this, this Christian guy, John Acuff, um, tweeted something kind of inflammatory about whether or not pastors should have church on Christmas Day, right? And uh, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around this thing. Does anybody have that tweet in front of them? I don't have it right in front of me, but what he said was um, – I'll find it. He said a lot of pastors' kids have walked away from the faith because – their their dads essentially led 12 services on Christmas or on Christmas weekend. So he he was you know and and so that you've got this bombastic statement about too many Christmas services and pastors kids leaving the faith. So of course, I actually had people tweet that at me and they're like, "Well, you wrote a book about being a pastor's kids. What are your thoughts on this?" And I was like, "Uh, John Acuff can have his own opinion." Um but this is this is the right context in which to suss all this out for sure, because I didn't want to write a blog yeah. post about it over Christmas because that would be a crappy Christmas. Absolutely. Now, Pipe, what uh, you are the the world's foremost leading uh, expert on on this topic uh, on being a pastor. I guess kid. so. so um, what do you what do you make of this, man? Do you agree or disagree with with our boy Acuff? Um, I. I agree with the emotion behind it, which is that pastors' kids often cannot stand the church trappings that surround the Christmas holiday, and they do completely drag the holiday down. I take a little bit of issue with the leaving of the faith part because that strikes me as something that uh, does not hinge on Christmas services as much as it does what happens the other 51 Sundays a year. Um, right. Well, and all the days between. But I think in our text exchange, Ted, you made the point that uh, the issue of, you know, idolizing church and putting that above family is not, you know, it doesn't it's not something that only happens on Christmas. It's a thing that happens year yeah. round if it if it's a problem. Right. Um, but like to this day, I I have like a pit in my stomach at Christmas services. I just can't stand them. And the church I grew up in did not do these big blowout Christmas service things with like dramas and lights and like it was it was more your classic lessons and carols on a Christmas Eve and things like that. But I still can't stand them. And mm. so and I'm not saying that I'm right in that. I'm just saying like there's this stigma that I have to kind of swallow and just deal with every year so that I, I don't just abandon church for three weeks. Um, but <laughs> and so I get that part. I'm not sure about the leaving the faith part. Yeah. Dude, you know, when I was a kid, man, uh, for, for a while, we went to this um, 
this Presbyterian church, this like heavily reformed church, and they would have the longest Christmas Eve services. Dude, they would seriously go for like two and a half hours and you're singing all like, oh, dude, you're singing all 76 verses of like every Noel at like a at like a dirge pace, you know. And as a kid, like this was like probably I wasn't even a kid anymore. I was in like high school, but it was still like a, a thing where I wanted to get home and eat the nice food and like open some, you know, some some presents early. And, and you know, you're just waiting indefinitely through all that. So uh, I, I feel your pain on that. Part. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think churches as a, I mean, I think the movement towards these massive Christmas programs, you know, Acuff mentioned like 12 Christmas services and things like that. And that's only certain churches try to pull that off, like Ronnie at his uh, at his church, church megatropolis over there. But uh, unbelievable (laughs) city market church. Right, exactly. But uh, I I think I think churches do a disservice when they when they blow Christmas out of the water like that because to me that feels pretty anti-Christmas, sort of the opposite of what happened on Christmas, where it was sort of this quiet backwater kind of thing. Um, and and just like everything that those churches do, they try to they try to turn it into a show, and that drives. I mean, I, I think that's ridiculous. But I think I think the other thing is. Forcing people out of what can be an amazing family time and, you know, sort of this what ought to be both relaxing and enjoyable and sort of being like, all right, everybody, we're we're interrupting this to drag you to a church service where we're going to sing, sing the same songs you've been listening to since October 1st is mm-hmm. uh, it it just sucks the like the flow and the life out of things. And I think pastors kids are just in a spot where that happens with more intensity and there's no options and things like that. But I, again, I don't know that like it, it feel, it felt very strange to me to read pastors. Kids have left the faith because of, I was like, really? Yeah. That's that- like just one of those like clickbaity things that <laughs> I don't know. Is Acuff in that kind of clickbaity space now? I, I don't uh, know. He's, he's not like, he doesn't thrive on controversy, but he is a marketing platform sort of an inspirational speaker and he's, I mean, he's more in the marketing branding side of things. Um, yeah. so he does, he does like to push buttons, but he's not, uh, he doesn't sort of thrive on controversy in general. Yeah. Yeah. Big R, what do you make of this? Yeah. I mean, dude, I just think it, I think at the end of the day, I mean, one of the nuances of it is like, I just think, you know, like these churches, these massive churches that start having Christmas Eve services like three weeks in advance and, or even guys that like have more modest sized churches and they insist on doing like five Christmas services if Christmas falls on Sunday like it did this year or have like eight Christmas Eve services. I just think honestly, man, it's it, it's really something it, – it's something about the heart of the pastor. It's something that he is – it's something where he I think is thriving off the affirmation of his congregation more so than, than I'm seeing the importance of being with his family. And I just think that there's a balance. I don't think we have to pit one against the other, Right. I mean, I think we can have a Christmas celebration with the family that is done in moderation that shows, you know, the proper respect if it falls on a particular day to what it represents. But it also shows a high regard for, you know, this being a time of family. I just don't I just think that when you see this thing just sort of spiraling out of control, I look at the lead pastor. I go, why are you letting this spiral out of control? Like, why are you doing four services on Christmas Day? Like, that's uncalled for completely, in my opinion. And again, I don't have a church of like 8,000 people either, but I feel like there's something about that. Well, of course, but there's something about just that, 
And you see it. We're, we've seen it all through 2016. Really, 2016? This is what you're doing, 2016? But no, but I mean, we've seen it where these guys, I mean, it's like the, what the, they consider their congregation to be the family that they cater to more than their own family. I mean, I'm totally opposed to that. You know what I mean? But I'm with Pipe in the sense that, I mean, for him to draw that whole thing about, you know, walking away from the faith, I don't, maybe he was joking. I mean, he might have been just saying that to sort of get a rise out of everybody because that's so – I wouldn't think that A-Cup would really believe that. Well, you know what I here's mean? Here's the thing. But, I, I, went, I went and dug into to a lot of the interactions about it, and he – I mean, he dug his heels in and stood his ground. You know, he wasn't yeah. like, oh, it was kind of hyperbole. Like he – he would he would not back down and he would you know people would be like 12 services that's exaggeration and he'd be like here are churches that do 12 services look at their websites and right. i mean i don't know that he pointed to actual websites but he's like i know of these actual churches and so it he wasn't backing off that and i think again it's a it is a kind of a litmus test of what is going on the rest of the year though i mean i don't know of a single pastor's kid of all the ones who i talked to who are like the reason that i had struggle struggles with the church was because of christmas <laughs> no it was because it was because the church got put first in general and that's right that, and that's, and then that's what right. you're talking about ronnie and that's it's yeah. it's the thing that they that that a pastor has to deal with it or struggle with and that's a hard thing and i think I think for pastors' kids and probably other other church kids in general, the over churchifying of a thing that ought to be joyful sucks the happiness out of it. And so, like Christmas carols, I don't like Christmas carols because I was forced to like sing them in kids' choir and then sing them in four million church services between December first and December twenty fifth, and all of these things. And I don't like that. I don't like those things because I other people find a lot of happiness in them, and I'm like, well. I, I'd be nice to enjoy those, but it all got kind of wrung out. And so I get that aspect of it as well. But again, like I just keep coming back to leaving the faith because of Christmas services seems, I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, but there, there's a lot going mind. on there beyond Christmas services. There, there is, but I think, man, these things can have a place, right? So yeah. I mean, you can have a, you, you know, we did a Christmas Eve service two days before Christmas. It was literally 55 minutes long. It wasn't a big deal. It was part of people's tradition. Not everybody from the church came. You know, it was that, that whole thing. It's like it's available. It's there. It, you know, it literally took an hour and a half out of our life. It right. wasn't something to get overhyped about. I, would, I mean, my parents made me eat when I grew up, and I still like eating today. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so it's like we can take that. You can take that too far, too. Right. You know what I mean? Like you know that pipe. I know you wrote the I mean, book. I went I know to. You're the guy. I went to a Christmas Eve service. You know, took my kids to one this year, and. Uh, and it was, you know, is it the the way that the way that the church I grew up in does it now? And my dad's not the pastor anymore. Is they do they do Christmas Eve services at a couple of the campuses, and then the main like the downtown campus didn't do one. The downtown campus did Sunday morning services, and the two yeah. other campuses did not. And so they sort yeah, of yeah. split it up so that nobody's bearing the burden for like you have to be at five different things. Totally. And, and they, they did a Christmas Eve service that was earlier on, on in the afternoon for kid, you know families with young kids or if the kids' choirs were performing, they could still have all evening to celebrate. And then they did a later night when they've always done a 1045 like candlelight service. And that's that was more the traditional one. I went to the early one. It was like 40 minutes long maybe. And it was yeah. – and to me, I looked at that and I'm like they clearly are trying to not put the burden of, you know – leading and celebrating and attendance on everybody. Everybody could have Absolutely. done one single thing and had and had it be incorporated into their weekend and nobody would have come away resentful of that, which 
which I thought was I thought I thought it was a great way to do it. That's good planning. But Pipe, let me ask you this. So the big controversy this year, like in my world with all these like lead pastors were like, are you doing Christmas morning or aren't you? So um, that was the whole thing with that. We ended up doing it. It was a short service. It was actually really fun. It was well tended. But um, shockingly enough, because I didn't really know how it was going to be. So did you guys do a Christmas morning service too? Or just the Christmas ch- Eve? The church did, uh, but they also do they've, – they've done Saturday evening worship services for years because of just okay. to kind of split up attendance. So – they they did sort of a Saturday evening service as well as a Christmas Eve service at different again at different campuses. So if you wanted a more traditional like 35, 40 minute sermon, you go to the church service. If you want the more lessons and carols, you go to the Christmas Eve service. So just sort of creating some options. So I did the Christmas Eve service and then didn't didn't go to church on Christmas morning. Um my parents did the Christmas Eve service and the Saturday evening service, but didn't go on Sunday morning. But they they still sort of blended in that that corporate worship part of the weekend, yeah. and so I, I, I that was kind of my hope all along was how about the Christmas Eve service is the corporate worship uh, for the weekend, and then we don't have to like drag ourselves out on Christmas morning when that would that would be a thing that would make kids very resentful. Yeah, there's no hey, doubt. Kids, Big open, T, where you open your presents and don't play with them. <laughs> Big T, what did you do this year? Uh, I don't know. I think we went to. We didn't have a Christmas Eve service at our church, but we had the thing on Christmas morning, which was good. Oh, you did? Really? That's so strange. No Christmas Eve. No, no Christmas Eve. It was nice. You know, it was nice. So we just had food and and stuff with the fam on Christmas Eve. And then, you know, our our normal Sunday service time is like 1015. So it's not like anybody was getting dragged out of bed at the the crack of dawn to go to to church on Christmas. Right, right. And I bet your kids are old enough. They're not like shaking you out of bed when it's still dark outside either. You're probably. No, they're not. It's nice. You're up drinking coffee before they are. Yeah, yeah. We we were up drinking coffee like gentlemen. So uh, it was nice. Boys, I got I got one more question on this, man. And we'll uh, we'll leave with this. Uh, We'll we'll do this, then the promo and then we'll leave. Uh, How old is John Acuff? I'm looking at this guy and he's got the like boyish face. He could be 14 or he could be 45. Uh, Pipe, you you live in the Nashville area. Give give me a little sense for how old this guy is. He's right around forty. He's okay. So he's uh, I mean, he might be early forties, might be late thirties, but he's right around forty. Yeah, he still has the uh, the boyish face, but he's got he's got some gray hairs. And so is he like a dude? So like, what's his thing? So we know he wrote like stuff Christians like, but like, what is his? I mean, what like what what, what is his foot? What's his toe in the industry right now? Like, well, why do you call John Acuff? He's kind of moved out of the Christian writing space and more into like the the business, starting your own launch, you know, kind okay. of entrepreneurial business that kind of space. So he's um, kind of like Donnie Miller a little bit. There are some, yeah, he's kind of like a Don Miller. There are some distinct parallels. Miller was a more prolific author in the Christian space before going into branding, and Acuff is just sort of like. He kind of uh, maybe more organically moved out of one into the other because he worked it. He used to work for um, oh, what's the money dude? Dave. uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, he used to work for Ramsey, and they parted ways rather acrimoniously. And and so he kind of which which then put Acuff in a position to kind of start his own thing. And so then he Mm -hmm. started writing about starting your own thing, and you know, and had and has had some success there. And so he he speaks more on the the entrepreneur platform side than he does sort of Christian conference side, but still very much a, you know, an outspoken Christian, but business wise, he's on the other side. Interesting. Interesting. Pipe speaking of business, this, uh, this is a business as fun as this is for the three of us to get together and, and do, uh, and do radio together once a week. This is a business. And, uh, 
it's a hard business and it's about dollars and cents, guys. And don't don't you forget it. More dollars you know, than cents, let's be honest. That's really what we're going for. That's right. That's right. And Pipe, we have a sponsor who needs to get some love right now. And uh, you're the promo guy and I want you to do it, okay? All right. Here we go. <clears throat> so we've got Logos Bible Software as our sponsor. Uh, they have sponsored us on and off throughout the fall. They're, they'll be sponsoring us for January as well. If you go to logos.com slash happy rant, that's a specific link for our listeners. So if you want to go check it out, please use that link. Don't just go to logos.com because it, it helps us if you use the links that we give you because they can track it back and say, wow, those guys are amazing and we want to be amazing. But they just released Logo 7 uh, a few months ago in the fall. So it's their latest updated software. And what you get with that is sort of their full suite of features in terms of all the Bible study features, the ability to do side-by-side studying, to integrate any resources in your library with whatever passage you're studying, original language studies, if you're, you know, if you're writing, writing for grad school or preparing a sermon, things like that. And then you get this whole library of resources that are built in. So you can purchase different tiers of Logos based on the, the resources that you want. So when you look at their prices, they're, uh, they're a little steep, but you're not, you're not just buying the software and then having to buy additional resources. You're buying a whole library for that. So if you broke it down on a per title basis, it's a good value. So I think timing on this is good because, um, for, for pastors and church leaders and the like, because a lot of times the beginning of the year, maybe there's a, maybe you have a, a, a fund that your church has given you for buying resources or books. You kind of know where your fiscal year is at and you can look at this and go, oh, this would be a thing that would be useful for us to use in sermon preparation and the like. So go to logos.com slash happy rant, check it out. And also if you buy, um, Logo 7, you'll get a free Spurgeon's commentary as well. And so, I, I mean, if this was the Doctrine and Devotion podcast, we'd probably be selling these by the dozen because it's a Baptist dude with a beard and everybody on that who listens to that podcast loves it. For our folks, just a good offer. Spurgeon's commentary thrown in along with that. So go to logos.com slash happy rant. Check it out. If you are a pastor, a teacher, or a student, this is something you should definitely check out. I love it, Pipe. That's a good promo. That's your first oh, promo was, of 2017, yeah. and um, it's really it every good, bit man. as strong as we've come to expect. Got to set a good Gosh. tone for the year. I think you did. Good. I agree. I think the year is, it felt good. I think the year is bright now because of that promo. It felt good. Yeah. 2017, really? No. Too, <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Hashtag too soon. Exactly. I love well, it, man. We have... Uh, we have done what we always do on this program. We've wandered to and fro, to and far throughout these topics. Uh, I, for one, am, am happy to be back in the saddle for 2017 and look forward to many great episodes to come. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, 
and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.